and God is doing some great things here. I'm going to be uh, beginning this morning in Exodus chapter 25 and going to Leviticus 24. Exodus 25, Leviticus 24 this morning, starting a new series called The Table. The Table this morning. Exodus 25, verse 23, and Leviticus 24, starting in verse 5. New series called The Table. Exodus 25, verse 23, reads as this. It says, you shall, have make, uh, you shall also make a table of acacia wood. Two cubits shall be its length, and a cubit its width, and a cubit and a half its height. And you shall overlay it with pure gold and make a molding of gold all around. You shall make, it, you shall make for it a frame of a hand all around. And you shall make a gold molding for the frame all around also. And you shall make for it four rings of gold and put the rings on the four corners that are its four legs. And the rings shall be close to the frame as holders for the pole to bear the table. And you shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold, that the table may be carried with you. You make its dishes, its pans, its pitchers, and its bowls for pouring. You shall make them of pure gold, and you shall set the showbread on the table before me always. In Leviticus chapter 24, verse 5 through 8, it says, And you shall take fine flour and bake twelve cakes with it, Two tenths of an, of an ephah shall be in each cake. You shall set them in two rows, six in a row, and on the pure gold table before the Lord. And you shall put pure frankincense on each row, that it may be on the bread that it may be on the bread for a memorial, an offering made by fire to the Lord. Every Sabbath he shall set it in order before the Lord continually. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, dear Lord, for this wonderful day you have given us, this new season that we are in today that just begins today. Lord, I thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. Lord, I pray over each and every part of this service. Lord, I pray that our, our children are downstairs. I pray that they are being fed spiritually, God. I pray that a child finds you today. I pray that a child makes a decision to follow you today, Lord. Lord, I pray for this service, for the remaining of this service, God, that you would use me a vessel, Lord, to uh, speak this word to your people today, Lord. I pray this word just falls on the hearts and the ears and the souls of people and just begins to take root in their life. I thank you in advance for what you are about to do, and it's in your name. Amen and amen. This is the first time in scripture that we hear about about a table. It's the first time where the uh, a table as a piece of furniture is being used in the scripture. And this table was part of the articles and a part of the furniture that God told the people to make uh, for the tabernacle or the tent of meeting. And if you read in the Old Testament, you will find that God was very particular of how he wanted everything to be, every piece down to the square inch. He was given very specific details, even about the color of the fabric. That is why we pay so much attention to details around here, because we feel that everything has a place, that everything should flow, and we 
want to be our best that we can be. So this table, we find it coming into the scripture here. And this table was known as the table of shoe bread or the table of his presence. This is where the bread of communion was displayed on the table. And if you look on a, on a diagram or you read about the, uh, the tent of meeting or the tabernacle, you would find there was an outer court. And then there was an inner court. When they would go into the inner court, then they could step into the holy place. Then they would go to the holy of holies. But before they would go into the holy of holies, it was the holy place. And there, as soon as they stepped into the door, to their left, I do believe it was, they would look and there was the table of his presence. On this table, there was bread displayed every day and around the clock. Today, we, we the church, we legacy, we are the table of his presence. We, we, like, we like the table of the tabernacle. We are to be displaying the bread to the world. Jesus declared in scripture, he said, I am the bread of life. It is our, it is our role, it is our duty as a church that we are to be displaying Jesus Christ everywhere we go. Amen. It is our duty that we are to be displaying him the best possible. We are to be displaying the bread of life, Jesus Christ, wherever we go. We, the church, we are the table that God is using to display his son, Jesus Christ, to the world. We are a showcase. We are to be a showcase of his glory. When people walk into this house, they should sense just a little bit of his glory. Amen? They should feel a little bit of his glory. We are also to display his kingdom. And everything that we do, everything that we do here at this church should be a reflection of the kingdom of God. It is our vision that we will reflect the kingdom of God to every generation and every tribe. That is what we are to be, the table of his presence, continuously displaying the kingdom of God. Guess what? The church, the church should be the most joyful place on this earth. I want to say that again. I said, the church should be the most joyful place on this earth. It should be so, it should be so much more joyful than anything you've experienced throughout this week. When you come into the house of the Lord, you should be able to feel joy. If you go to a church Sunday after Sunday and there's no joy to be found, I encourage you, find another church. As your pastor, I'm telling you this. If you attend Legacy Church Sunday after Sunday and there's no joy in our song, there's no joy joy at the front door. There's no joy to know where to be found. I encourage you and I release you. Go find a church with joy because a church with no joy is really a church with no Jesus. Mm. Joy. The church should be the most joyful place on this earth. And studies say that within one minute, guests will make a decision if they will like your church or not. Isn't that, isn't that nice? That people can come and just in less than one minute, they will make a decision. I'll be back or I will not. Because when they come into their place, what are they feeling? What bread are they seeing? When they walk in through these doors here before service, what type of music are we playing? Does it sound like a funeral? Does it feel like a funeral? I don't want to be a part of a funeral today. That's why God has called his church to be the most alive, vibrant organization on this planet today. The church full of joy. That's what we are to be. We are displaying the bread of life, Jesus Christ to the world. I have a question for you this morning, but we're talking about the church, but I want to ask you about your table. What is on your table excuse me, would what is on your table attract someone to Jesus Christ today? 
the bread in your life, the bread on your table, would it, ref- would it attract someone to Jesus Christ today? Would the bread that you've been displaying all throughout this week, would it attract someone to this church this morning? What type of bread are you displaying to those around you? Would it, would it attract someone to Jesus Christ? Is the bread that you've been displaying this week preaching the goodness of God? Is the bread that you've been talking about proving the goodness and mercy are following you? Is the bread on your table proof that I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continuously be in my mouth? Is the bread that you have on display this morning congruent that your God will never leave you or forsake you is the bread on your table telling those around you that all the weapons may be formed they shall not prosper what is the bread on your table saying to those around you when you walk into your job Monday morning is your bread going to tell the people that you were in the presence of the Lord yesterday Hmm. what is your bread telling the people around you we the church we are to be a display of the bread. We are the table of his presence. The devil wants you to have stale bread. The devil wants you to have molded bread. He loves for you to come to church and have to chew on some stale bread. He loves for you to come to church and have and have mold on the bread. He loves for you to be in life and for you to have some mold on your bread or for it not to fill you or for it not to be the freshest thing. He wants words to come out of your mouth that do not edify the table that you eat from. He wants tempers to flare when someone is checking out your bread. When you recognize it you can resist it that is so important I want you to get that in your notes you've got to be able to recognize it to resist it and whenever you recognize that the devil is trying to do something with your bread you need to resist it but this is an issue today in the church because a lot of people can't recognize the devil but you've got to be able to because if you can't before you know it there will be just a little slice that goes bad but if you don't recognize what he's doing in your life before you know it your entire loaf will be ruined Hmm. the devil is after your bread he don't want you to display the bread of life he's after your bread he's after your bread today see but the problem is this within the church is that the problem is that that, that a lot of Christians can't recognize bad bread Hmm. look at your neighbor and say do you know what bad bread looks like see a lot of people can't recognize bad bread do you want to know why they can't recognize bad bread hmm Do you really want to know why they can't recognize bad bread? Because they are not around bread enough. What does that mean? Because there are too many Christians that only eat on Sundays. There are too many Christians that only eat the bread of life once a week. There are too many Christians that only eat on the Sabbath at church when your pastor has to chew it up and put it in your mouth for you. Hmm. God is calling a church to display the bread of life. Someone needs to get this in your spirit today. Bread was displayed on the table every single day. You cannot just eat bread on Sundays. And some of you love carbs. I know you do. There are too many malnourished Christians. Hmm. Too many Christians who do not come to the table. A lot of you get angry if you don't eat every hour. Mm-hmm. Some of you got a snack in your purse right now. 
and the devil is tempting you right now just to eat it. You are hungry. Some of you, some of you, 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 you can't even fast one of your meals because you would, just, you would just, just get totally irate. You wouldn't know what to do. There are too many malnourished Christians, but yet we still only eat the word once a week. Why can we not follow God's word every day? Give us this day our daily bread. See, isn't it amazing that demons obey God's word? Isn't it amazing that waves and wind obey God's word? But you want to know what is really amazing? Those of us Christians, we don't obey his word. Hmm. Isn't that kind of crazy? That demons would obey the word, but us Christians have a hard time obeying the word. Give us this day our daily bread. Give it to us, God. We want your daily bread. Give us your daily bread today. There are too many Christians that are only eating on Sundays. There are too many Christians that have only given Jesus Christ weekends only visits. There are too many people in a custody battle with the Holy Spirit, and you've only given him, you only let him come on Sundays. You only let him come on the weekends. You only have visitation on the Sabbath. I got to tell you something today. God and the Holy Spirit, they are tired of visitation, but they are ready for habitation. They are ready for a church to be like a Bethel, a holding place, a place where he dwells. God is looking for a church to be a table. Hmm. He's looking. There are too many malnourished Christians. Christians that can only download the word, but don't have time to read it for themselves. Uh. Christians that are getting bored after five minutes of prayer. God help us. And why? And we wonder why each and every day that we can't live in victory for more than just one day. It's because it's so hard to fight a battle whenever you are hungry. Mm. And empty. God is calling us to the table. He's not only calling us to the table, but he is calling us to be like him. He is calling us to, to display the bread of life wherever we go. God is looking for a church to be the bread store, to be the table in a city. God is looking for a church that is partaking of the goodness of his son, the, the goodness of the bread of life. He just wants a church that has tasted and seen that he is good. He's looking for that church. The church is the table. The Schubert table. The table of his presence. We are to be displaying Jesus to everyone who walks by this table. Who are we supposed to be displaying it to? Everyone. How do I know this? Look at the word. It says that in the tabernacle, on the table of his presence, there were 12 loaves. These 12 loaves represented the 12, 12 tribes of Israel. The bread is for every tribe, every person, every race, every mankind, male and female. The bread, Jesus Christ, is for you. And the church is supposed to be displaying, this is for you. The church, the table of his presence, must have something available that is relevant to more than just one people group. Hmm. The church must be relevant to more than just one people group. They must be relevant. The world is searching for a table. 
The world is searching for a table. They are searching for something that is relevant, relational, and reliable. But the thing about it is, the world does not even realize that the thing they are searching for is a church that is full of his spirit. Hmm. People are searching for his presence. The church must be relevant, relational, and reliable. Let me tell you something. There is nothing more relevant to this world than Jesus Christ. There is nothing more relational to all tribes than the Holy Spirit this morning. There is nothing more reliable than the Word of God. And when legacy becomes a church and binds itself together, becoming a table of His presence, and we continue to splay the bread of Jesus Christ, you know the relevant bread, the bread of Jesus Christ, the bread, the bread of the Holy Spirit, Aaron, the reliable bread of his word, the table. Whenever we start doing these things good and we start doing them every day, guess what? This table or this thing we call a building will not be big enough. Two services will not be big enough. These chairs will not be big enough. Go ahead and order another leaf for your table because one table will not be able to contain what God desires for Legacy Church. God is looking for a church to be a table. The word says the table was filled with bread every day. But on the seventh day, the Sabbath day, Aaron would bring a fresh loaf. Every Sabbath day, the priest would come in and he would bring his best on the Sabbath. Leviticus 24, 5 through 8, we'll read it again. It says, And you shall take fine flour, and you shall bake 12 cakes with it. Two-tenths of an ephah shall begin each cake, and you shall set them in two rows, six in a row on the pure gold table of the Lord. And you shall put pure, pure frankincense on each row, that it may be on the bread for a memorial, an offering made by fire to the Lord. And every Sabbath he shall set it in order before the Lord continually. The church should always be presenting the most prime example of Jesus Christ each and every Sunday morning. It is part of who we are. It's part of our culture. It's part of our core values that we learn through Legacy Track. And then it says, it says the excellence is our goal. It says we're not perfect, but we will offer, offer our best. Mediocrity is not an option. Our service is a reflection to God. The scripture that I just read, it said bring fine flour. Not that old flour. The word says bring fine flour. See, the church cannot present leftovers and expect blessings. Hmm. Somebody needs to get that. The church cannot present leftovers and expect blessings. I can't stand leftovers. Ask Sarah. I don't like leftovers. I'll only eat leftovers during the holidays. You know the holiday foods. I don't like leftovers. Sarah and I was in discussion one day, and she's like, you need to eat leftovers because you're wasting, and God don't want you to waste stuff. And I looked at her, and I said, yeah, God also rained down fresh manna every day when they were in the wilderness because he didn't want them eating what was done yesterday. You can't argue with the word. It was fresh manna every day. Yes, Lord. 
fresh manna every day. We cannot present leftovers on Sunday morning. Aaron brought new bread in on the Sabbath. How many of you presented leftover worship because you stayed out too late last night? How many of you, you couldn't raise your voice enough this morning because you were shouting at the game yesterday? Yeah. I've heard it said that Sunday morning worship is a Saturday night decision. That you decide on Saturday night that you're going to worship in the morning. I don't care what happens to me tonight. I'm worshiping in the morning. I don't care if my car don't start. I'm getting to church somehow to worship in the morning. I don't care if Tennessee wins or what. I'm still worshiping in the morning. I don't care what my team does. I'm still worshiping in the morning. It is a decision. God says, bring the fine flour. Don't get that leftover stuff. You cannot bring leftovers and, experience, and want to experience some breakthrough. Mm. The church can't display second best and expect revival. We've been praying for revival, but God, we can't worship for it. We can't pray for it because we're too tired today. No, no, no. It should not be leftover praise since we gave our best last night. No, it must be the finest that we have to offer. The scripture also said, bring fine flour. And it said that the, that the bread was baked. It had been baked. It had been through some heat. Hmm. Been through some heat. You know, the bread that we put on display must be proof to the wondering eyes, people that are looking at the church, that God can bring you through some heat. Hmm. How many of you have ever been through some heat? You've been through some hot situations. You didn't know if you were going to make it. The church must be a message that proves just like gold, God's refining work is in the fire. Why do I share testimonies all the time? Why do I bring people up here to share the goodness of God? Because I want the doubter to hear the goodness of God. I want the doubter to see that although through the fire, he's still God. Oh, I want God. I just want what is good. I want people to understand that the good bread, well, how, how good is the bread? if it's not baked how good is the bread if it's not been through some fire a church must show the world how to make it in the good and in the fire walking into work Monday morning they know you go to legacy church but you look like you just climbed out of a funeral you updated how good it is but your, your Monday morning face just doesn't look good You just look tired. You look down. No, no, no. God said, at all times, you got to be displaying my goodness. At all times, you got to be displaying the bread of life. At all times, you got to let people know what it looks like to make it through the fire. At all times, you ain't got to lie to people, but, but you got you to gotta, you gotta tell them about the goodness. Even though you may not know how you're going to make it to the next loaf of bread, you got to tell them how God provided that bread for you that you're eating right now. Because you got to tell somebody about the goodness of God. God is looking for that church. To display it. And the scripture also said, what else did they do to this bread? The words that it had frankincense on this bread. Hmm. Why? Because everything that we display to those around us must be like a sweet smell to the nostrils of our God. God, let our worship be a sweet fragrance to you. 
God, let everything that we do, whenever you just inhale, Lord, you smell the sweetness of a worship. You smell the sweetness of your word. You smell the sweetness of servants coming together. The church as a whole, the church as a whole in America, not so much around the world, but let's talk about America, is on the verge of the blockbuster epidemic. Blockbuster. How many of you remember Blockbuster? Y'all acting all holy like you don't watch movies, you lie. (laughs) Blockbuster. How many of you can smell Blockbuster right now just thinking about it? Because you're hungry. You need some bread. It was the highlight of so many Friday nights. It was the highlight of your weekend. You go to Blockbuster and everybody you know is there. It was the highlight. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was the highlight back in the day. Back in the day whenever you could still cruise the strip in Calhoun. How many of you remember that one? Uh-huh. A lot of y'all got in trouble on that strip. Back in the day, it was the place to be. It was the place to be. It was the best part of Friday nights. And it was such a cheap thrill, cheap thrill, to get out of your car, go past all the old releases to the back wall. You remember, the new releases were on that back wall. And you're you're running back there, and you're praying that when you pull it up, there's something behind it. You remember that feeling, that it's still in stock. You remember that feeling. And then you, and then... It was the highlight of the 90s. It was the highlight of the early 2000s. They were like churches. They were everywhere. Blockbuster was putting out new bread every week. And America was buying it. They were coming in. Blockbuster just kept putting it out, putting it out, putting it out, putting it out. And America loved Blockbuster. Then a shift happened. This thing called the DVD. Blockbuster bought into the DVD movement. They sold all their VHSs and replaced everything with DVDs. It was going great. They were still dominating the industry. They were still dominating the industry. And then all of a sudden, this thing happens, DVD machines. Yeah. Somebody comes to Blockbuster and says, look, there's this thing coming. You you really need to do this. It'd be awesome if like a DVD vending machine, don't that sound crazy? Like a DVD vending machine, like you could go to Food Lion, you could go to your grocery store, a gas station, and, they, and they, it's, it's like a vending machine. They're like, no, 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 that's that's no, that's that's not crazy. No, 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 we're, we're, we're not doing that. And then and then and then someone gave them the far-fetched idea of streaming. Streaming, yeah. What in the world is streaming? A lot of people didn't even have, uh, a lot of people didn't even have internet at the moment. They're like, what is streaming? They're like, oh, it's coming. You can be able to download it. You can play it from your phone to your TV. It's going to be great. It's going to change the way we see movies. No, 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 no. We're not doing that. And then all of a sudden, they were given these visions. All of these things were presented to Blockbuster. All of these people said, here, take this Blockbuster. Buy this. Buy this method. You don't have to change your product. You just have to change the means by which they get it. Hmm. No, no, no. I'm not willing to. 
No, no, no. I'm not, no, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not willing to do it. No, no, no. I'm going to keep my bread. I'm going to keep it right here. It's going to look like this. It's going to stay in the same package. No, no, no. We're not doing it. They were given the vision of what it could be, but they were not willing to change the setup of the table. Not their product, but just the setup. They were so attached to their present that they could not see their destiny. Wow. Sounds like a lot of churches in America that right now, this is as good as it gets. Let's go back to the good old days. To the good old days. To the good old days. Like it was. Like it was. God, why would you want to go back whenever he says he makes his mercies new every single day? The bread was good. But a Sabbath is coming. And a new bread is being delivered to the church. He wants to give you fresh bread. The good, the old stuff was good and it got you, got you to where you are. But God says, I've got something new for you and it's coming. I've got something great for you. And then all of a sudden, they would not grab hold of the vision. They would not, they, would, they, they grabbed hold of the DVDs. But all of a sudden, this little Netflix company came and they started mailing out DVDs. Sales dropped. All of a sudden, these machines popped up. Sales drop. All of a sudden, everybody starts streaming. Where are they going? We should have done that. We should have done that. Oh, I wish we would have done that. And now, they, they, they were so attached to their present that they could not see their destiny. And now that, they, now that they could not, and now that they would not examine their table, they have disappeared off the map. Why? Because what did I say the world is looking for? Something relational, re relevant, and reliable. And now... Just when Blockbuster thought it was king of its market, it refused to grab hold of the vision of the church and not change the product, but just change the way it was delivered to the customer. We, the church, we need to be some of the most creative people on the planet. We should be the most creative people on this planet. Why? Because as time moves forward, we have to continue. We're not changing our bread. No, 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 no. We're not changing the recipe. But there are some times whenever you've got you, you, to present it to people in a different way. You've got to use a different manner. There are sometimes what, 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 what reached my grandmother's generation will not reach this next generation. So we've got to present it. Well, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not changing the message. I'm not changing the word. I'm not changing the fine flour. I'm not changing the fire. I'm not changing the frankincense. I'm just changing the way I'm presenting it to a generation. See, and there's so many churches, they get stuck over here and they get mad when a church can come and present it in a new way and experience growth. Let me tell you something. God is ready to deliver a fresh loaf. But guess what? He wants you to bake it. He wants you to knead the dough. He wants you to bring the fine flour. He wants you to bring the frankincense. He wants us, the church, to put it on the table and show the world the goodness and the mercy of all that he can do. The church cannot be another blockbuster. We must not change our message, but we must keep our eyes on the vision. And as time moves forward, so must our methods. But the bread, we, oh, the church legacy must keep it hot 
and must keep it fresh. Why? Because we are the table of his presence. We are displaying Jesus to the world that's looking for relational, relative, and reliable. God, let us be a church full of fresh bread. Would you stand up on your feet with me this morning? Fresh bread, God. Just like you rained fresh manna down. Just like you rained fresh manna down, God. Do it again. To us. Now. God. When God's people realize that they've got to eat all week long. So that when we come in here, we can offer our best on the Sabbath. Why do we need to, why do we need to be eating all along? So we can come in here and offer our best. So that we can display our best to those who are searching on the Sabbath. Why do we need to be eating all week long? So that we can come together like a mighty army on a Sabbath. And nothing will be able to hinder our table. You can't just be eating the bread on Sundays. There's too many people that say, I hope my pastor's got a word for me this week. And the reason you need that because you've not read the word yourself. I'm just being honest with you. There's too many people that are, that are relying on their pastor or, 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 or some internet pastor, some internet preacher to feed you all through the week. God is calling you to the word, church. God is calling you to prayer. And whenever you get in the word as a church, and whenever the, word, the church gets into prayer, let me tell you something. You, it, 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 it'll become like second nature. Every single time we come into the presence of God, we will be offering up fresh bread for every person, every sinner that comes in this house. They, 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 they may not even realize what they're looking for, but they're looking for bread. And we will have the power to say, say, this is what the bread looks like. This is what it smells like. This is what it tastes like. This is the power of the bread. God is looking for a church to be the presence table. He's looking for a church. And a funny thing about, as I was reading this passage and I was studying, it said that customs would show that it would take eight priests. Eight priests would go in. And the word said that they would interlock their arms as they were taking the bread, the fresh bread, into the holy place. What significance does that have? See, what, what it means is your pastor can't do it alone. Your pastor can't make the fresh bread alone. Is anybody hearing me today? Your pastor, no, but he needed eight other priests to come along with him. He needed eight others to come and make it hot. He needed eight, eight others to bring the oil. He needed eight others to help bring the, to, to bring the fire. He needed eight others to bring the flour. They would come together and they would interlock themselves. They would interlock themselves to bring it in. See, because one person can't do it by himself. It takes a church. It takes all of these people through Legacy Track. It takes people like a road to open a door. It takes all of these people coming together step by step having your weaknesses and your strengths just coming together so we can deliver fresh bread to a dying world that's so hungry and another important thing that I realized while studying the scripture this table there's no description that you can find that says that there were chairs at this table interesting what does that mean the work of the Lord is never finished. 
we can never just sit down and say, well, it's done. Woo, we got 30 people in the church. I'm going to wait till next year. I'm going to stop preaching fresh words. I'm just going to wait till, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to save it all for January the 1st. No, 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 no. I said, no, no, Every Sabbath, you need to get together as a church and start, and start bringing the bread in. Every Sunday, you need to start bringing it in. Would you just bow your head with me just a moment? Every Sunday, we need to interlock our arms and we need to lock arms with our neighbor and we need to bring in fresh bread we need to bring in our best that we have god god that's our desire lord that each and every time lord we come into this place that we've been eating through all the week and we just get so excited when we get together with like-minded people that we just start touching and agreeing and things start happening why because there's fresh bread on the altar god that's my prayer tonight that's my prayer today oh god that's my prayer today, oh God. God, that we would just be a church of fresh bread, God. For a people Come on, sing this out with them. Come on, sing this out. Revival. 